Hello, and welcome to Whatever Wednesday with Burkhart Books, the podcast. I'm your host, Diane Burkhart. I hope you'll subscribe and join me every Wednesday for, well, <laughs> whatever. Let's get on with our show today. Today is February 2nd, 2022. Happy Groundhog Day. I hope that Punxsutawney Phil does not see his shadow today. I think we could all use a little sun. I promise not to pull any Groundhog Day pranks, just like looping a section of the broadcast over and over again. I am not that mean. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, however. I should warn you that I'm still working my way through figuring out how to do a podcast. I am starting from scratch. I honestly am a total newbie to this. Right now, I'm just trying out the free program through Buzzsprouts, which gives you about two hours of airtime a month. So you know my podcasts are never going to be longer than 30 minutes in a month with four weeks or 20 minutes in a month with five weeks. But if things go well and I get a following here, I will actually pay to get more airtime. And if you would want to help support your podcast, you can always buy your host, that would be me, a coffee. That money will go directly to improve equipment and programs for this podcast, and maybe even a mocha once everything is upgraded. Now, for those of you who know me and have been following me as I started my self-publishing career, this podcast will be a little bit of a review for you. Since this podcast has a potential of reaching people who have never heard of me or my books, which is quite a few people actually, I want to introduce myself to you. Again, my name is Diane Burkhart, and I am a self-published author. I have been publishing historical fiction slash Western books since 2015 as Stephen Burkhart. Over the years, I've been asked many times why I chose to write under a male pen name. And honestly, I have two very good reasons for that. The first reason is very simple. I did some market research before I published my first book. I found that Books that are just straight historical fiction westerns tended to sell better if they were thought to be written by men. But if it was a romance western, it sold better being written by a woman. Seeing as how my books are in no way romantic at all, I decided a male pen name might be a good idea. And then I have my second reason. I really was not sure how well I was going to be able to write these books. You see, in 2002, I had an accident at work, which caused me to need seven surgeries in six months. Six of those were brain surgeries. After the fifth brain surgery, I got an antibiotic-resistant MRSA staph infection in my head and actually died at one point. I was not expected to live, but obviously, they were wrong. <laughs> but I did suffer a lot of brain damage, in fact, my doctors told me I would always be in debilitating pain and would never be able to work again. I did not like that answer. So I got rid of those doctors and just worked with my family doctor to find my own answers for my health. I had lost a lot of my language skills with the brain trauma. And for someone who had studied to be a journalist, this was difficult to deal with. I had only just graduated with my degree in journalism a few years before this and was trying to get my career settled when all of this happened. So this was a devastating setback. I spent years recovering. The first five years after the last surgery was basically just spent surviving. 
I was in and out of the ER up to three times a month, being admitted to the hospital about once every three months. It was a long process. The next five years, I started to see a lot of improvements. I went back to work, even managed to go to work full time, and eventually I met and married the man of my dreams. <laughs> we got married at the old Cowtown Museum in Wichita, Kansas, where I was walked down the aisle by my father and my mother performed the ceremony. It was just a few months after the wedding that my husband moved me to Denmark. I tried finding a job locally, but seeing as how I did not speak Danish, I was having a bit of trouble finding a job. Now, most of the people in our small Danish town could speak English very well. And really, honestly, most of the people I met as we traveled around Denmark all spoke English very well. But for the jobs I was qualified for, I needed Danish as well. Since I was not having any luck finding a job locally, I decided to look online for remote work. I started doing online social media marketing for an independent film company in California, which had a bizarre fixation with Dostoevsky movies. After that, I took on a few ghostwriting projects. Since I had been a health reporter for a while, I took a contract to write a booklet about essential oils and their use. That was received very well, so I decided to take on another contract. This time, I was asked to write a Western novella titled Western in the Company of Thieves, and this is where some of my characters were born. I have never tried to write a Western before, and to be honest, I was a little worried about how well it would be received. But the story was just so much fun to write, and to my surprise, the book was well received. The only complaints coming seemed to be that people wanted it to be longer. How great is that? Now, I really like the idea of writing a Western because my granny, who I love very much, had always loved reading Westerns. I used to take her bags of books and she would read them all in a very short time. So when I decided to try writing a book for myself, I chose to write another Western for her. Now, sadly, my granny passed away at the age of 99 and a half before I was able to finish the book and self-publish it. I have dedicated my Into the West Saga serial books to her for her influence in my life and on these books. Now, even though I've recovered from the brain damage quite well, I still have a host of neurological problems to have to work around. I still have the neurological conditions that cause me to need the surgeries in the first place. I have a Chiari malformation type 2, which basically just means my cerebral tonsils, which are part of the brain, are actually in my spinal column, not in my skull, where they should be. I have a Cyrenix, which is a cyst, like a pocket of fluid, inside my spinal cord. And the surgeries, which were meant to help alleviate the symptoms from those first two conditions, ended up giving me hydrocephalus, which I had to have a VP shunt, which is just a little machine in my head, implanted in my skull to help compensate for the hydrocephalus. So, after all of that... I went in with two conditions and came out with three. Sadly, that's a typical outcome for Chiari decompression surgeries, and I knew that was a possibility going in. Now, the point of sharing all of this with you is just so you understand why I use a pen name. I still struggle to find words. I stutter when I type. I will, well, I just call it getting stuck. I will be thinking something and that thought does not progress, it just 
keeps going again and again, rolling around in my brain, repeating itself, kind of like Groundhog Day. (laughs) Just the same thing happening again and again. And I'll do the same thing when I'm typing. I'll get stuck as I type. For example, I might write, the sun was bright and the wind was hot, was hot, was hot, was hot, was hot on her skin. (laughs) You can imagine my editor just loves me. (laughs) In fact, he actually makes more money off of my Into the West Saga serial books than I probably ever will. And honestly, he earns it. (laughs) I will never dispute that fact. So with all of these unique challenges that I face, I was not sure if my books would be any good. So I chose to hide behind a pen name because this way, if my books were total crap, I could just walk away from them and no one would ever know they were me. (laughs) The problem was they turned out to be good, (laughs) or at least according to the reviews. I decided to take an even greater chance and I entered the first book into a writing contest. That is something I had never done before, even before my brain surgeries. So I took my first book into the West Orphan Train and entered it into a contest. And it actually won two awards. I was beyond shocked. So on one hand, it was a great feeling seeing my book getting an award and great reviews. But then I had a new problem. Everyone thought they were written by some guy named Stephen. I couldn't even do an interview with Stephen. I may not be the most girly girl, but I'm definitely not a dude. And I mean, you can tell I have a feminine voice. So how do I keep the facade and be able to promote the book line? The short answer is I really couldn't. If I wanted to do interviews and publicize the books, I had to come out as the actual writer. And that's what I've been doing the past few years, slowly revealing more and more as I needed to do more publicity. And I plan to keep using the name Stephen Burkhart for the Western historical fiction books that I want to keep writing. It will just be an open secret that it's really me. And my dad, Steve Stevens, who is the face of Stephen Burkhart, has said I can keep using his photos for the entire book line. He gets a real kick out of being the face of the author on everything for me. You know, that's another thing. I could not have done all of this if it weren't for so many people in my life. One of the challenges I still have to deal with is not being able to remember names. The names of people, places, movies, song titles. Unless it's something or someone that I have known for years and years, I have a very hard time remembering the names. When I wrote the first book, I found I could not remember the names of the characters I had just created. I was constantly looking up the names of my notes. I even kept switching Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, and Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. One was the way I spelled the character's name, one was not. I still look that up from time to time, and I'm six books into the series. To overcome this... I had a nice idea. I started contacting my friends that I've known for more than 20 years, and I asked them if I could use their names for characters. Now, I wasn't basing the characters on them. I just wanted to use their names. To my surprise, everyone I asked agreed. And thankfully, they agreed to do it for free. Since I'm still operating at a financial loss here, the agreement is if I ever get a movie deal for the book serial, I will throw them a fantastic party. I hope to throw them a decent party anyway the next time that we're all together, just for the fun of it. (laughs) 
Now, my mom has been a beta reader for the entire book line since the very first book. She has been a great help to me. And most recently, my sister has agreed to start being a beta reader too. But I think the person that needs the most gratitude is my husband, Pedro, whom I often refer to as just PR or my better half in the blogs. Since Stephen is presented as a male author, I didn't want to say my wife because to me that's just outright lying and I didn't want to do that. It really bothered me. So I tried to skirt the topics of genders. The The funny thing is when I did start coming out as the real Stephen and introduced Pedro as the real better half, a few people told me they had just assumed that Stephen was gay, <laughs> which is actually pretty flattering because not one person said they thought that Stephen was actually a woman writing as a man. So I guess I did a pretty good job creating a male author persona. But now is the time to drop all the pretense and start taking some credit for the work that I've done so that I can publicize everything more. I think that's the only way I'm going to actually start getting some decent sales. For the most part, I think I want to keep the blog set up the way that I've had it in the past. On Mondays and Fridays, they will be published by Stephen Burkhart. Now on Mondays, we have Monday Movie Madness, where we introduce Western movies and TV shows. We always have a movie snack recipe to go along with it. I always try and find some cute way to tie it into something about the movie. And if you want to check out the past movie recipes, just go to the main page for the blog on BurkhartBooks.com. You'll find a link at the top for the past movie snack recipes. Then to close out your week, we have Friday Funny so that you can head into your weekend with a smile on your face. We have great dad jokes or eh, at least amusing dad jokes for just about any occasion. Now before, Whatever Wednesdays was one of the regular blogs, but now it's becoming the Whatever Wednesday with Burkhart Books podcast. We will keep the content the same. It's going to be about anything. We can talk about crafts. We can talk about cooking. We can talk about holidays. We can talk about the books. We can talk about other people's books. Anything goes on Wednesdays. It's, you know, whatever. <laughs> we will also be sure to keep you up to date on any new book releases, any projects or products that are coming out in all three places. So if you read the blog or you listen to the podcast, you're going to be well informed with what's going on with Burkhart Books. So that's just about it for this podcast today. This was just meant to be a brief introduction to me, who I am and what I'm trying to do here. You can find all of the books that I currently have in publication on Amazon.com and of course at my own BurkhartBooks.com. It's B-U-R-C-K-H-A-R-D-T-B-O-O-K-S. If you happen to have a Kindle, you can read the entire Into the West Saga Serial Collection for free with your subscription on Kindle Unlimited. They are also available in paperback and hardcover. Audiobooks are coming soon, I promise. I know I've been working on them for a few years, but there have been some technical difficulties trying to find a platform to host them. Living in Europe, trying to host audiobooks in the United States on an American site has proven to be a major problem. But I'm looking at just selling them directly from my website, BurkhartBooks.com, and just skirt the whole hosting program to begin with. Now, keep your fingers crossed that I can get this to work. It's really looking like it's going to be the best option to get them out there to you. I am determined to get them done. 
So there you have it. This has been your brief introduction to who I am and why I chose to write as Stephen Burkhart when I'm actually Diane Burkhart. <laughs> Feel free to drop any comments or questions in the comment section below and I will be happy to get back with you very soon. And be sure to hit that subscribe button so you will never miss an episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about self-publishing books and things I wish I had known before I started this. <laughs> it might be helpful to those of you who are thinking about self-publishing your own work. It was quite an eye-opener. <laughs> to close out this first podcast, I thought I might read to you from my first award-winning novella, Into the West, The Orphan Train. This is the book that was a finalist in the Top Shelf Historical Fiction category in 2019, and it was so well received by the judges that they nominated it for the 2020 awards. Unfortunately, it didn't win that year either, but, you know, it was a finalist. I'm happy. So now, this book came out in 2015 and is dedicated to my granny, Arlene Polk. Chapter 1. Elizabeth McBride didn't remember much about her father, she did remember her mother crying the day he died. She remembered he smelled of wood and smoke and was always so warm when he hugged her goodnight. He was tall, had dark hair, and the kindest eyes she had ever seen. Other than that, everything Elizabeth knew about her father had come from the stories her mother told her and her brother Connor at bedtime. Margaret, Elizabeth's mother, told the children their father was named Connor and Elizabeth's little brother was named after him. She told them he was a very proud Irish man who worked as a chimney sweep, just like his father before him. But the most important thing they needed to remember about their father was he loved his family more than anything on this earth. Margaret also told them their father had just turned 21 years old in the spring of 1855 when he died from pneumonia, just one month after Connor Jr. was born. For four years, Margaret tried to take care of her children on her own. She was just 20 years old when her husband had died, and she had no family to help her. Margaret tried to support herself and the children, but she didn't make much money as a scullery maid in a private home in New York City. She managed to scrape by for a few years with help from one of the nuns at her church, but eventually... The bills were just too much for her. Sister Mary Agnes had always been kind to Margaret. She had helped Margaret through her grief after her husband had passed and gave her food when the church could spare it. Unfortunately, even with the sisters' help, Margaret and the children were in time forced out of their little one-room apartment due to back rent. It had always been hard living on the streets in New York City. During the day, if the weather was nice, Elizabeth and Connor would play behind the big house where their mother worked. If the weather was bad, they spent the day hidden quietly in the cellar of the house. Elizabeth had gone to school in their neighborhood when they were still in the apartment, but since they started living on the streets, Margaret was too afraid to send her. She wanted the children close to her where she could keep a constant eye on them. At night, the three of them would huddle together in a little tent Margaret had managed to stitch together from materials Sister Mary Agnes had given them and pieces they had scavenged. The floor of their tent was made out of branches they had gathered in the park where they lived. It wasn't much, but they were dry and out of the wind. Margaret would occasionally splurge on candles she would burn in a pan for heat and light. On those nights, Margaret would do her best to teach her children to read by reading to them 
from the only book she owned, her Bible. Margaret struggled every day to provide for her children, but she just couldn't do it. She felt so ashamed watching her children growing thinner and knowing how often they went to sleep hungry. Margaret went to Sister Mary Agnes for counsel. After a few months, she made up her mind to do what she thought was best for her children, even if it broke her own heart. That last night, as Margaret settled her children into sleep, she told them they were going to go to a special mass at church in the morning. Elizabeth and Connor always loved going to church. Their parents were the devout Catholics and had been raising their children in the Catholic faith. Their mother told Elizabeth their last name, McBride, actually met a follower of St. Bridget. Margaret said the saint would always watch over them. Margaret tucked the quilt in around her children and made sure they were well covered and warm. Connor was already starting to fall asleep as she ran her fingers over his forehead and moved his dark brown hair away from his eyes. She smiled as she thought how like his father he was. She wanted to watch him grow to become a good man and see him grow to look even more like his father as he matured. Margaret was deep in thought when Elizabeth spoke and pulled her back from her daydream. You look sad, Mama, Elizabeth whispered. She knew Connor was falling asleep and didn't want to wake him. Aye, Lizzie, I guess I am a bit. Margaret gave her daughter a sad smile. Why, Mama? asked Elizabeth. She looked so concerned it made Margaret want to hold her, but Connor was between them, beginning to snore softly. "'Tis nothing to worry about, Lizzie girl. I was just thinking about her, da. Margaret sighed and forced another smile for her daughter, then said, "'I miss him something awful.' Elizabeth looked at her mom with tears starting to build in her own eyes. "'I miss him too, Mama,' she said. Margaret reached over Connor to wipe a tear off of her daughter's cheek as she spoke. I know me, darling, and he knows we miss him too. Be sure he's looking down on us right now, smiling that cheeky grin of his. Margaret smiled at her daughter as she added, I love you, Lizzie girl. Elizabeth smiled at her mother as she said she loved her too. Closing her eyes, she listened to her mother say her evening prayer to St. Bridget. She said this every night before going to sleep. The last thing she remembered hearing her mother say was, Amen. So there you have it. That is the first part of Into the West, the Orphan Train. Be sure to check back with our next episode, and I will give you another little bit of this story. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday, people. Go forth and do great things. Or, you know, whatever. Be sure to come back next Wednesday for the next episode of Whatever Wednesdays with Burkhart Books with me, your host, Diane Burkhart. Thanks for joining me.